Thanks for tuning in to Witch Wednesdays with Steph for a chat about a new witchcraft topic every Wednesday morning. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. This is Steph and you are listening to Broom Closet Witchcraft and we are going to be chatting all about the things that you can do if you want to stay in the broom closet for whatever reason and want to practice in secret. We have lots of tips for you of how you can do that. And when I say we, I mean that I have a guest. So I am going to, once again, because they are not new, let them introduce themselves and tell you where you can find them online. Hi guys. Um, my name is Becca. You might know me online as the stitching witch. Um, I have been on this podcast before, so hello again, everybody. Um, and I'm just really excited to be back. So I'm just super thankful. But, um, if you do end up liking the sound of my voice, (laughs) um, I do have a YouTube channel, um, where I make daily witchcraft videos about like literally every topic that I could possibly think of under the sun that relates to witchcraft. And it's really geared towards like novice practitioners and stuff like that. People who are newer to the craft, um I also have an Instagram that is under the stitching witch and I'm really like um like active on there as well as TikTok which I am kind of active on but it also scares me so (laughs) there's a lot (laughs) um but I have links everywhere but YouTube's like my main one so yeah (laughs) and once again I will have Becca's information linked over at witchwednesdays.com and over on Patreon so you can find her easily, but she was very popular after her last episode where we talked about how to come out of the broom closet if you want to tell people in your life that you are a witch. And she is very active over on our Discord server, helping lots of people out there and being a friend to many. So I know a lot of you have already chatted with her and she has the same username over on the Discord server, the Mm -hmm. Stitching Witch. So you can find her easily if you have any other additional questions. But we thought that this topic would be a good follow-up because a lot of people after the last one were saying, you know what, I want to stay in the broom closet, which is perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. And if I do, what are some things that I can do if I want to stay in the broom closet or don't have a choice, but I still want to practice. So that is what we are going to be answering today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we are specifically timing this with October and spooky season, because that was the very first thought that we both had and the first thing I had on our list to talk about um, was using the cover of Halloween as be a time to be able to practice and to get supplies. Yes, definitely. Halloween is my favorite holiday, like as a goth person, but also as a witch. I just like love Halloween so much, but it's definitely a great cover for like practicing witchy things because I mean it's just it's kind of in like the cultural zeitgeist um you know as it is we're all like oh it's like spooky and fall and like so it's of course the perfect time to be like witchy and it's it's just great I just love the holiday so much (laughs) (laughs) me too it is my favorite my house is done up head to toe I start on August 1st decorating and I absolutely love Halloween but it's really like I think witchcraft aesthetic in general has grown Mm -hmm. every single store that I've gone to has a huge witch section of Mm -hmm. decor and I don't just mean costumes but they have like decor pieces that I plan on using all year long (laughs) oh for sure I just went to Michael's and I picked up like a bunch of stuff Um, oh my gosh I'm so jealous I have yet to go to Michael's because it's like the next town over and I'm like 
I'm fiending. Like I need to go. <laughs> oh, they have so much good stuff this year. That's witchcraft related that you can definitely use all year. Mm-hmm. And then there are, I just went to five below today and there's a ton of witchcraft books. Uh, oh. good ones too. There's, um, there's one on moon magic by Diane Alquist, which I've recommended on this podcast before it was there. Oh my for- gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> so those are great places. Cause I know, um, a lot of people who are in the broom closet feel if they are in a small town, feel uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, checking a witchcraft book out of the library because in small towns, everybody knows each other. Yeah. Um, so checking that out with the library and being able to see you and your name and what you're getting is, um, uncomfortable for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And they also don't, um, have a witchcraft store nearby to go in and buy those things. Um, so if you have a five below near you, you can definitely <laughs> get yeah, some witchcraft books definitely. there. Oh my God. I used to, when I was like first starting out, I would go to the library, but like, I also had that fear because I was a minor. So my parents could like see my account and like see which books I was checking out. So I would just like go there and like read it there and like take notes and stuff and like take pictures on my phone and copy those notes into like my quote unquote, like book of shadows, which was just like a sketchbook at the time. And I I felt like I was like a spy or like on a secret mission or something. (laughs) I was like, okay, no one can know. I had to like delete it off my phone. Oh my gosh. It was like the lengths that I went to, to like hide what I was doing were like very intense and like extreme, but, um, it was, it was kind of fun. Like it was very cloak and dagger for me. Like looking back, I'm like, oh, it was like very (laughs) mysterious. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, definite ways that you can, people can still do that now. Definitely. Um, this is, this is the season to do it. There is stuff absolutely everywhere to pick up and pass off as being Halloween decor. Oh, for <laughs> like, sure. It doesn't, you don't have to, you know, bring home stuff and be like, oh, this is all my witchcraft stuff. You just bring it home and put it out and said, this is my witchy room that I'm decorating for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> it goes yeah, with I the would... spirit of the holiday. Exactly. I was, I would say that like when my first altar, which I think again, you guys can like, if you scroll far, if you dare to scroll far enough back on my Instagram, there are like pictures of it. And I, my first altar cloth was this like polyester monstrosity, it had, like <laughs> spider webs all over it. It was like shiny. And I pulled that out of my mom's like Halloween crate along with all of her like half used candles. And I was like, this is my altar. Hello. <laughs> um, but that was only for myself like for everyone else I'm like no that's my nature table that's where I keep nature and like yeah it's like not witchcraft it's like totally not like not at all (laughs) I think a lot of us started that way with Halloween Mm -hmm. decor that Mm -hmm. we like transfer over transferred over from like oh this is in the Halloween decor box to now it just lives out permanently year round (laughs) exactly exactly. I have to I did that for sure Mm -hmm. um so that is why we wanted to time this episode for October because this is the ideal month to sort of start doing things in secret and getting some of those pieces they're readily available for you to find and not seem so overly witchy as if you were buying them in the middle of May that's yeah exactly and I feel like right now a lot of things are a lot more accessible like in October for that purpose so it's again it's like the tools it's it's the um like I I know, I think the Mavon box, I guess if, if this is coming out in October, I'm sorry. Um, the, the cinnamon broom that was in the Mavon box. Oh, 
to die for. Wonderful. <laughs> and that is like, oh, it smelled so good. I stood, I like sat there with it, like pressed up against my face for far longer than I care to admit. Um, but stuff like that is really popular right now. Um, like in have, like, yeah, Home I've Depot seen and stuff. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I've seen them at Home Depot. Home yeah. Depot. So last year. <laughs> I mean, it's still, I, I would say if you can if you can pick up something like that and it's like in season and you just happen to keep it around all year round like I think that's a valid thing like I think that sometimes people get it in their heads that you have to go to a metaphysical store or you have to go to a witchy like Etsy or whatever to get your tools um but I I would say that like like 98% of the stuff that I have that I use for witchcraft like I just found like in thrift stores or stuff like that so like you know, Halloween and like the harvest season and all of that kind of all has a witchy vibe. So if you see something out and about, like scoop it up, uh, you know, like treat yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. And I would say that at least 50% of the things that I keep up year round were bought at Halloween time at a Halloween decor mm -hmm. store, like Spirit Halloween or Michael's. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> at least 50%. For sure. Uh, and I, they have good stuff. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> so beyond just being able to use this time of year and Halloween in general as sort of a cloak for everything that you are doing and being able to stay in the broom closet, we also have some ideas of just literally a list we made. <laughs> um, <laughs> ideas to run down of things that you can do that are very witchy and how you can practice, but still um, be totally in secret and that nobody is going to know. Mm -hmm. So the first one on the list is of course, to just keep studying. And I know that study seems like the least fun part of witchcraft, but it is essential. And I think the more you do it, the more fun it is. And you realize that it's not like being forced to read that book in high school that you hated in English class. Right. Um, this is fun study. This is like reading about fun stuff that you actually want to learn about and commit to memory, which is a totally different experience. No, definitely. I, I think that um, the act of studying is a really great way. Um, like even just like reading a couple pages of a book is like a great low energy way to practice witchcraft because I feel like it's an active um, you know, that pursuit of knowledge is an active, almost like working, where you are actively bettering yourself in your craft. Um, so I think that's like a really great way, like even if you can just get through like a couple paragraphs at the end of the night before you go to bed, um, to like continue your daily practice, um, if you are able to do that. Even if it's just like reading something like, um, you know, from one of your favorite creators online as well, like a blog post or something like that. Um, I think that is also like a really valid, um, a valid way of like practicing on a daily basis for sure. And it's fun. It's like, I love it. I, you know? Yeah. I, I love still learning about stuff. And if you mm -hmm. are concerned, if you are underage and your parents can see what you're checking out of the library, uh, like Becca was, but <laughs> if you're just concerned about people seeing what you're reading, there are some topics within witchcraft, um, that are completely normal outside of witchcraft, depending mm -hmm. on you know, what sort of practice you're going for, but growing plants is essential to a green witch, but growing plants is also completely outside of witchcraft. If you mm -hmm. want it to be, there are tons of books that you can pick up from the library that will teach you about growing plants and herbalism. And 
people who witnessed you reading those books are going to have no idea you're using it for witchcraft purposes. Yeah, that's like definitely like my go-to example for people who do ask me about that kind of stuff. They're like, well, where can I start? I'm like, have you picked up a gardening book? Like, that's pretty, you know, I think that's a really great way to even just like dip your toe into that world where they're like, I think I'm interested in green witchcraft, but like, I don't know where to start. I'm like, plant a plant, like, <laughs> and go from there. It's all good. You don't have to be an expert right away. Um, but I think that like, I, I mean, I know I read a lot of gardening books and like herbalism books. And um, especially when I was like not out with my practice at all, that was kind of my go-to that. And I studied a lot of like mythology. Um, so I work with deities and I was like obsessed. I don't know if anyone else went through this phase. I feel like a lot of people did, um, but maybe that's just me projecting. But I was like really obsessed with ancient Egypt for far too long of a period of time <laughs> than was probably normal. Um, I was, I was just like, Greece, but I feel you. <laughs> oh yeah, I was like so into it. Like uh, it was amazing. And it end, ended up coming full circle. And now I work with two Egyptian deities. So like, it, like that interest, um, you know, when I was younger, definitely kind of shaped the which I am today. And I'm really glad that I um, pursued that. Um, and I think that being familiar with those myths um, is a really great way to inform your practice. If you do end up working with deities, or even with like the folklore of a specific place, like, um, I know that you had an episode about the Fae, which is like amazing and super awesome. Um, but like even learning like the history of Ireland uh, or wherever, you know, whatever region that you're studying or like whatever region the um, that, you know, ties into your craft the most. Because, um, you know, some people are more into like the Greek uh, like paths or versus like American folklore or, or fo uh, folk magic and all of that. Um, I think that learning about where some of these traditions come from and learning the history of the land that these come from um, is like really important. Um, I know it's like maybe dry, but I just, I think it's a good to familiarize yourself at least with the history of like what, what happened like back, you know, in ancient times as best we can. Um, in order to understand why in modern witchcraft we practice the way that we do, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It all ties together and you don't have to, I mean, we have recommended various books about, you know, the history of the Fae, but you don't have to read a book on history from a witchcraft perspective. Mm -hmm. It can just be a straight history book, Yeah. Um, in which case nobody is going to know that you're reading it for witchcraft purposes, but it will all eventually tie in together. Right, exactly. Yeah, mine, mine was ancient Greek. So I know okay. all about a lot of um, Greek myths and how that ties in. So, you know, if your option for reading your witchcraft is Percy Jackson, then I, no judgment. Okay. I was really about to be like, okay, so you liked Percy Jackson. It's fine. Uh, no, I really loved Percy Jackson. Absolutely. No, it's really good. I definitely had a Percy Jackson like moment. Like it was, it's, they're good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And there is a lot of Greek mythology that comes in to that. That's actually accurate. So yeah. it's, it's really interesting to um, read those books and don't go based on the two movies that they made. Oh, books are, what movies? I don't, I don't know. Those don't exist. <laughs> those don't exist. But yeah, the books have like a ton of information that's accurate to mm -hmm. the ancient Greek gods and goddesses. So those are super interesting. So if that's your option for reading, then no judgment for me. Mm -hmm. uh, another option since Becca talked about note-taking is to keep those notes online. And 
use digital versions of everything because anytime you write something down with pen and paper, that is, there's a possibility that that can be found by somebody that you don't want it to. So if you go digitally instead, you can keep everything online, you can keep it password protected and then not have everybody seeing that information that you don't want to see, um, but still being able to access your notes and take notes on your studies or your spells or anything that you need to keep track of. Right. Yeah. I had a really bad experience with that. Like when I was like underage and trying to do all of this, where like my parents found that stuff and I was like, obviously like lied. And I was like, no, I'm researching for a story that I'm writing. And they did not believe that. They were like, (laughs) you're like 14, please stop trying to act like we're stupid. Like we are adults. Like we know what's happening. Um, And I, they ended up just like getting rid of that stuff. So I lost like my, like the first, like couple years of my practice in about 15 minutes and that really just changed the entire way I practiced because at that point I was just like oh okay so we can't talk about this to anybody and I started keeping everything digitally like I have a google drive um which is free if you have a gmail account I believe um like if you if you come up with like a you know um like fake email I guess or just one that only you know about that's like a good way to kind of almost password protect things in my opinion um though again if you are underage like I feel like there's a weird gray area there so please like I'm not telling you to disobey your parents um, <laughs> so but that's what I did like I I mean I'll openly admit it I was I was underage and doing that so um I I do really recommend as an adult having everything on a backup drive anyways, like just in case something happens, if you like, um, you know, if you're going, even if you're traveling, like if you're going somewhere and you're like, oh man, I want to do this thing, but my, my book of shadows is at home or my grimoire is at home. You'll have it like digitally on your phone, which is super cool. Um, And that's another one of the reasons that I decided to do um, the, you know, my YouTube channel on YouTube is because it's there digitally, like theoretically forever until I delete the channel. So it's not going anywhere. Um, and it's cool to be able to look back on it. So I, I like that aspect of it as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's important to keep a record of some sort that mm-hmm. you can you know, look back on. So if you need to, I know that Books of Shadows and like really pretty covers and cursive handwriting is really popular, but mm-hmm. uh, if you need to keep everything digitally, then absolutely go for it. And oh, yeah. you can change the backgrounds to make them beige and make it into cursive font. And it'll mm-hmm. look just like a book of shadows. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say like my handwriting is awful. So I I'm going to be eventually making like a, a handmade book of shadows thing. I haven't, haven't quite gotten there yet, but I am like, I'm working on my hand, like actively working on my handwriting. So it's like <laughs> legible. <laughs> I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> but yeah. If you are someplace that you can actually write it down, like you prefer to write Mm -hmm. it down um, and are willing to do that. Don't think that people are going to go snooping. You don't have to get one of those like leather bound books of shadows that you see on Etsy that have like eyeballs on them. (laughs) Like you can just get like a general school notebook or like a other pretty notebook that are popular and all over the place that have nothing to do with witchcraft because nobody's going to know what's inside of there. So if you just get like a blue spiral bound notebook, everybody's going to, you know, think it's another school notebook wrapped in there and not necessarily go searching through it. 
yeah exactly and they they have like really beautiful like actually beautiful journals and stuff like at walmart like i know that's a weird thing to say but like some of them i'm like oh it's holographic and has a deer on it hern will love this like let me just get a you know like oh it's only a couple dollars let's just put it in the cart it's fine like and that's how i have way too many journals but <laughs> um, it's fine it's whatever it's it's not a problem right <laughs> um no, but I, I think that's a really valid thing. And again, like you said, people aren't going to like take a second look at that at all, like versus one of those huge, like epic tomes that you can get like on Etsy or like at a Renaissance festival or anything like that. Like then people are going to be like, why is, what is that? Like if you don't already yeah. have a bunch of like creepy books like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And speaking of normal items that you can pick up at Walmart. <laughs> um, there are a lot of normal items that can be used in witchcraft. So scented candles or kitchen herbs that you buy in the herb section of Walmart in the spices section, those can be used in witchcraft. So even though they aren't marketed to you as a witchcraft product, a candle mm -hmm. is a candle. So I often use birthday candles in my spells because I like them to burn out quickly. Um, a lot of, I do like some rituals where it like takes longer, but for a lot of my quick spells, I do not want to be sitting there all day waiting for a candle to burn out. Mm -hmm. So birthday candles are the way to go. They come in a lot of colors and yes, you can buy them at Walmart for a couple bucks and oh, yeah. they're not at all marketed as a witchcraft item. So you don't need to come up with an excuse for buying them. You can buy birthday candles at any time. Mm -hmm. Or like um, one of the things that I in discovered recently, um, there's at Dollar Tree, there's like religious candles, which I know is like kind of um, like uh, obvious when it comes to like witchcraft and stuff, but um, they're just like white jar pillar candles um, for a dollar. So if like, if budget is like part of, you know, the thing that you're kind of worried about, you can in fact find things like for cheap and repurpose them like really, really easily. And I, I'm a huge advocate for finding um, magical tools in mundane spaces. Like, I think that is, that's amazing. And like finding cool and unique ways to repurpose. Like, for example, I didn't have a mortar and pestle for a while, but I did have a like guacamole dish thing that had like a little like grind, I don't know, like grinding part. And that's what I used for a while. It's like kind of awesome. It's like wooden, it's cool. <laughs> But you know, like I found it and I was like, oh shoot, that's to make guacamole. And also I can grind eggshells into powder. <laughs> Excellent, you know? <laughs> yeah, you might have more on hand that you can use in your practice than you think that you do. Mm, definitely. Just look around your house. You don't need all of these um, fancy and very specific witchcraft items, like a curved blade. If you don't have a curved blade lying around, like that's okay. You don't yeah, need it. Like, you don't need to find cool, a reason dude. to go buy one. <laughs> I mean, some things are just not necessary. You could have like a lot of things on hand, just especially in the kitchen. I feel like a lot of things come from the kitchen that can be used in your witchcraft and nobody is going to know the difference. You don't need to source your rosemary from an occult store. You can get your rosemary at your, on your local grocery, on your shopping trip. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's what I do in the winter because I, um, I mean, I live in Pennsylvania, so it gets really cold here, like in the winter. So my herbs, like especially the ones that I have outside die. Um, so I cleanse my house using rosemary as like the primary herb because I don't really like the smell of sage personally. Um, so 
I, I use rosemary and I will go to like the fresh herb section at like whatever grocery store um, and buy like rosemary or like sometimes um, they have like different like thyme and stuff like that. Um, and they do have sage as well, if that's something that y'all are interested in. Um, and I'll make my own like smoke cleansing bundles out of that. So I'll like wrap it up with string myself. And it's like a um, like cheap and easy way to cleanse my house. Um, and I think that like just buying rosemary doesn't like seem out of the, like, I mean, I guess smoke cleansing is a little bit, you know, like obvious, but if you're using rosemary for like a spell or something or as an offering, like putting it in a jar or a sachet or something like that, or as an offering to like your ancestors or your deities, however you're using it. Um, I think that like just innocuously buying rosemary or whatever herb um, is a great way to, it, it, it's great and accessible these days and you're totally allowed to get it at the grocery store. Like use what you, like use the resources that you have, you know? And if you do need to cleanse and you don't want to use a smoke bundle like that, you can, especially now, given the scents mm -hmm. that are out for the season is to get a scented candle yeah. and do it that way. So rather than having to decorate a candle with herbs and oils, you can go to Bath and Body Works and buy one of their Christmassy cedar scented three wick candles. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, got a pine tree on it. And that scent is very cleansing for the space and you can clear out energies that way. And people will just think that you are burning a three wick candle from Bath and Body Works like everyone else does this time of year. Oh, definitely. My, um, my boyfriend's mother got me a bunch of like cinnamon candles for Christmas last year. And I've been using them for like anytime I need to get energized. And I don't have the heart to tell her that her Christmas gift is like going towards witchcraft. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, but they just smell so good. And it's so easy. So <laughs> no, I don't think she would actually care, but it's just funny to me. I'm like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. All, of, all these ways that you can use these completely otherwise mundane items in your witchcraft practice. You just have to be a little creative. Mm -hmm. And a, along with, you know, the big three wick candles, um, using tea lights and birthday candles is ideal if you want to do candle magic and you need to do it quickly because you live with other people who are not accepting um, of your practice and might interrupt your spell work or might you just notice that you're burning a pillar candle. Those take a long time to burn out. Um, even, you know, taper candles, they can take a couple of hours. So if you are needing the candle to burn all the way out, um, then using a tea light or a birthday candle is ideal for quick spells. So nobody can walk in on you and interrupt you and ask you what you're doing and why you're staring at this candle that you're waiting to burn down. Uh, mm -hmm. Birthday candles are very quick. Everybody's seen how quick a birthday candle blows out. Oh yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say um, like birthday candles. We all know, like we're all standing there, like waiting, like waiting for the person to blow out the candles before the wax gets all over the cake. So I think we all kind <laughs> of know like how quick I love birthday candles for like quick works like that. I have very little patience, like in my life, like for things like, I'm like, okay, come on. I got things to do. Um, like not, you know, like when I'm in the ritual space, it's a little bit less of that, but like, that's just my general energy. Um, so like when I discovered that I could use birthday candles, it was like my whole life was changed. I was like, oh, amazing. So much quicker. <laughs> Fantastic. And then for tea lights, I like those a lot because, um, they're really easy to clean up. Um, yes. that, that little metal tin. So like that way you don't have to like explain like wax drippings, like 
on furniture or anything because I, I'm a mess. So wax is just all over my altar. But when I use tea lights, it's really nice. So I'm like, oh, I can just like take this little metal thing and I can just like throw it away. Excellent. Or like recycle it. Great. Um, so I do really like using those um, for quick and like clean spells, like in case that's a concern for anybody. And in general, kitchen magic is one of the best ways to practice in plain sight without anybody knowing. Oh, for so sure. if you are looking for something that you can do, that's a little more, you know, ritualistic, a little more spell work involved than just lighting the candles, um, then moving over into the kitchen is probably the easiest way that like all you're doing to an objective outsider watching you is cooking a meal. So oh, for sure tons of ways that you can then incorporate witchcraft into it. Um, we had an episode on kitchen magic, but you know, you can draw sigils into things. You can use corresponding ingredients. You can just charge it with your intention and energy, whatever it is that you're making. You can make things that are seasonally appropriate or match the Sabbaths and pick your, uh, ingredients that way, but it's probably the best way to practice in plain sight. Definitely. I think there was like a conversation recently on the discord actually about like using coffee in magic and people were like, oh yeah, if you just brew your coffee like with cinnamon in it, it'll like have the same sort of properties as like adding it to your cup. And I, I that blew my mind. I was like, <laughs> why in my like 24 years of life have I never thought to do that? I was like, wait, that's right. There are no rules for coffee. Excellent. Like, huh. Um, so that was that Allison. Was like, Thanks, Allison. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, changed my life. Like, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was like little things like that, I think are really just cool. Um, like, and incorporating herbs into your foods that have specific correspondences is like actually a lot easier, like in the kitchen, like obviously because you are cooking things. Um, and I think that is like a really cool way to start learning about herbalism as well. So it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm using basil in this and that attracts love, but it's also an anti-inflammatory or whatever. I'm not hundred percent sure. Please do your research before <laughs> quoting me on that. Um, but I, I really enjoy that. And I think that also, like, again, I, I work with a lot of deities, so I try to um, find cool recipes that um, are, like, tied to, to them. So I try to find, like, um, traditional, like, Irish foods for the Morrigan or traditional um, Greek foods for Hecate and stuff like that. So I try to, like, um, like explore my my deities and my craft and expand that a little bit through actual like kitchen magic and I know that seems kind of strange but like dedicating that food as a devotional act and de dedicating that preparation as a devotional act to your deities is a really beautiful offering that I I mean mine have oh always been positive about um so it's something that I do recommend if you are interested in kind of delving into that world uh, I know I talk about that a lot it's just like a main core of my practice um but I, I just really like that act of service basically that act of preparing something and magically doing it with that intent yeah I don't think any deity is going to be mad at that because it's a, you know, extra layer of effort that you're putting in for them yeah, exactly. That's really what they're focused on. It's, they're not going to be like, well, it's burnt. Like, no, what? <laughs> like, it's fine. Like, you did a thing for them. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. 
besides kitchen, um, bath and shower magic is also a great way to practice in secret because uh, ideally you're the only one in there. Mm-hmm. So hopefully uh, if you are living with family or people who are you know, not accepting of your practice, hopefully they are not following you into the bathroom to watch <laughs> you shower and make sure you're not doing witchcraft in there. So that is a time when you can just have that moment to yourself to clean your mind, clear your mind. We've talked about, um, taking cleansing baths. Um, and if you're not able to take like a full bath then just taking a cleansing shower, uh, and incorporating spell work into that time. So Mm -hmm. it can be about, you know, cleaning and washing away energies, but you can also, um, you know, hang a eucalyptus bundle from the shower head and it will like smell like a spa in there. So the rest of your family is just, is not going to know that that's the reason you'd be like, well, it smells good. It smells like a spa in here because mm-hmm. the water releases, um, once the water hits it and the steam hits, it releases all that scent and it smells good and makes the bathroom smell clean. Everybody is on board and everybody likes it. But for you, you will know the magical associations with eucalyptus. That's so, so another funny. yeah, that way to that. add that in. Yeah, I was going to say, that is the exact example I was thinking of. <laughs> the eucalyptus. I, love, I was love like, eucalyptus. Like, <laughs> One of my favorite scents. Uh, yeah, so absolutely good. love eucalyptus. But yeah, it, and eucalyptus is like a popular one outside of witchcraft practice. Like it looks pretty in bathrooms. A lot of people use it just as decor. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a very popular bathroom item. So people won't know that it's witchcraft related. Right. But it's right. also- my favorite- Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> But in showering in general, there's a lot of different ways you can use that water. You can use it for energizing. You can get uh, your soap to be scented for whatever, you know, spell you're thinking that you want to do in the shower. So if you need um, anti-anxiety or relaxing, if you shower before bed, then getting something lavender scented can help with that. Um, So lots of different things that you can do within the shower, but it's just a good time to be alone. Yes. And I think that um, nowadays you can find like in stores, um, like natural, like quote unquote, like organic or natural, um, like soaps and like lotions and stuff like that, that have like essential oils, like mixed into them or like say they do at least. Um, And, you know, you can, you can tailor that to, to your intention, which I think is like really cool and not something that I had ever really thought about until recently when I was like looking at something that was like, oh, this has Himalayan pink salt in it. And I'm like, oh, excellent. Like I need this for a self-care thing I'm doing. And it's just there on the shelf. I don't have to make it cool like it's just so accessible these days and like because you know what it is and like maybe these other like other people who might be judging you don't necessarily know it makes it like that much more special for you because like it's it's like something that is specific to you and your life and your practice which I think is amazing yeah I enjoy that too even though I don't have any broom closet issues I don't have to hide any I mean, it's just my husband and my dog here and nobody cares, but there are still things that I enjoy keeping to myself. Like there's just, you know, something that's just nice to have that it's just mine that, Mm -hmm. you know, my husband doesn't need to know all of the reasons that I do all of these little things, which he doesn't ask anyway, but if he did, I probably would keep them secret anyway. Cause like some of it is just nice to know that it like, it's just mine. Oh, for sure. I think that a big draw to this spirituality, and um, this is a generalization, so if this does not apply to you, I do apologize, but I think that, like, 
something that at least drew me to this was the personalization of my own spiritual path where I'm like, oh, okay. So my, I'm being validated by myself and like this, like being a solitary, which, cause I mean, I still pretty much am a solitary, which I gather with a group every so often to celebrate the holidays, but I, I don't go to a coven meeting regularly, especially not right now. Um, but um, I think that being solitary in that really, and, and being private and like not being able to, to talk to anybody about this kind of stuff, especially in the beginning, really strengthened my like connection with this spiritual path and like made me want to pursue it more. So I am all about that like personalization and like having things just for yourself within your witchcraft. I think that's beautiful and amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Which goes along with, um, the next thing on my list was something else that only you are going to know about is glamours and glamour magic. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have any you know, detailed questions on glamours, I have that up on Patreon already, a whole episode on glamours video. So if you want to see that, head over there. Um, but glamours in general are something that you can do while you're getting ready in the morning. Um, a lot of people associate that with makeup, but makeup is not the only option. But glamours in general are something that only you're going to know about, especially if it is something like makeup and you wear makeup every day. Um, That's one of those things that my husband has no idea about. He knows I wear makeup every day, but he doesn't know anytime that I enchant my lipstick or my eyeliner. Um, That's just something that is personal and nobody outside of myself knows what I am using those things for. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I professionally like work in fashion. I'm a fashion designer and I a damn like, good one by the way. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, thanks. Um but like at work and stuff like if I'm ever like like just feeling stressed out or something like and the next day I'm like all right, I need to go in like confident, like queen, like, you know, boss, like whatever. I have a specific pair of like red shoes that I enchanted that no one knows about. I mean, until now, I guess, but <laughs> like those are like the heels and everyone knows when they hear those shoes like walking on the like the factory floor or whatever that like I'm there, I mean business, and like I'm ready to go because it's like red is a power color. It's the color of confidence. And those shoes are cute. So like, why not? You know? <laughs> it also reminds me of like the Ruby slippers from Wizard of Oz, like a little bit, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, some other ways that you can practice that only you would know about. Um is to, if you are more on the green witch side, or just feel like you need to balance your nature energies in general is to get outside in nature by yourself. Um, and right now that's pretty easy because it's a social distance win. (laughs) 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 Um, you know, if your family thinks that it's kind of weird that you want to go for a walk by yourself, just tell them like, well, I don't have a lot of options right now because you know, things are closed and limited and I need to stay away from people. So I need to get some time in the sun. I'm cooped up in here. And then that is a good way for you to be able to get out into nature by yourself Mm -hmm. and be able to do some spell work outside. And if you, you know, are worried about other people, like strangers outside staring at you, you don't have to do anything that draws attention to yourself. You can just go outside to sit and meditate and look at flowers and trees and connect with nature in that way without having to do anything physical that other people can see. 
Yeah, even if it's just like walking around the block and enjoying, like as we go into fall, um, you know, for us people in the Northern Hemisphere, um, as we go into fall, just like admiring and appreciating the beauty and like watching the seasons change and observing that is a very like witchy slash like witch adjacent, I guess, <laughs> um, activity to do. And I think that, you know, with, with the upcoming and like the harvest season and all of that and watching you know the leaves change and going to the pumpkin patch and all of that kind of stuff it's all kind of nature centered and like harvest centered and like plant centered so uh, I think that it's definitely a good like time of year to start like delving into um, you know watching the cycles of nature happen and then you can continue with that in the winter by going outside in the snow or, or etc so I think right now is like a very good time to kind of if you haven't explored that avenue definitely get into it yeah and I'm I just like being in nature I feel just a little more balanced and in tune with myself mm-hmm. so even if I don't go out for a specific witchy purpose I think I bring that home with me and then put that into my spell work and intentions that I'm just like all around feel better. Definitely. It's, it's very grounding, which I mean, obviously, cause you're outside and like near the earth, I guess. Um, but it's definitely, I always feel like a lot more relaxed and like, I can, it's almost like I can breathe better. Like sometimes I feel like I'm just like anxious and like holding all of this, like pressure, like in my shoulders and in my chest and stuff. And then as soon as I get outside and like out into nature, like into the woods, I'm just like, Ah, okay. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, yeah. So if you feel like you have a little more leeway in being able to own a couple of things, uh, but still want to keep them hidden, uh, travel altars are extremely popular. We've talked about those before, about just keeping them in a small tin, like an Altoids tin, something like that that you keep with a bunch of mini supplies. And by keeping that stocked and with you, you don't have to have a huge altar and have supplies all over the place. You can have just your little tin with a birthday candle and some salt, um, a crystal or two, whatever it is that you consider uh, your essentials, especially if you have some place in your room that you can tuck that away, that you think that you know nobody's going to come snooping and open your Altoids tin. Yeah, um, right, right then that can be a great way to keep a collection of mini supplies because you don't need any supplies to be a witch and practice spell work. But I've mentioned before that these physical items can be helpful and they can just give your energy and intention something physical to wrap itself around. And that is a little bit easier for beginner witches to like envision how that works when there's something tangible there. So if you do want to have supplies, then going the mini route can be very helpful. Exactly. And like, I I think that to reiterate on the point of like, you don't need tools. Like I, I am fully, fully in agreement with that. Um, the way I kind of see it is like, you can, t- you can technically, like technically you can build something with your bare hands. It just sometimes is a little bit easier if you happen to have a drill, but if you don't, you could still do it if that, if that makes sense. So like, that's when it comes to, especially people who are starting off and a lot of people who are in the broom closet do are, you know, new to this whole thing and aren't really, you know, out and talking about it. Um, but I also, I feel like there's like this 
like anxiety or rush to get all of these tools and all of these things. And it's like, you don't necessarily need all of that. You mean like, I don't really use a wand in my practice, but some witches have to have it. And that's, that's cool too. Um, so I think that by going the mini route or like, you know, setting up a travel altar or a, a tiny altar um, where you can, you know, really work out the, almost like working out the kinks of something like, you know, and, and really personalizing it and getting it to a point where um, you have, you, you know what you like to use and then you can kind of scale that up to like a full size when you are able to have an actual altar out and about if that's something that you wanted to pursue. So I think that like in general, like even just starting small, like with tiny altars is a great way to to, to get into really, really practicing. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think it's a good way to gauge the level of, of uh, disinterest of the people that you live with. Yeah. Uh, if you have, you know, these mini stuff and start putting out like small things and just sort of see if they notice like crystals are becoming very mainstream. Oh, for and sure. Lots of people have crystals decorating their house. So if you put one out and literally no one in your family notices okay then maybe you can get another one <laughs> and, yeah. or have like a, a smaller one someplace mm -hmm. and you know try that and if you you know get a candle and put that out and nobody notices <laughs> then that's right right it's like we'd be able to grow things but um by testing out the mini options or the options that are sort of on the more mainstream end like crystals and candles yeah, definitely. I mean, and those are just like witchy essentials, I feel like for my house, like I have to have one crystal and one candle per room, like minimum. And that that's just like me. You don't have to do that, obviously. But like, for me, like my kitchen, I'm like still trying to figure out that situation. And I'm like, it's incomplete. Where is like the moss agate? Like what is happening? I need a crystal in every room. <laughs> I don't disagree with that assessment. <laughs> Uh, another way to practice in secret, if you are artistic, is to get into sigils. Mm -hmm. So sigil magic is very powerful, but can also just look like doodles. So if you are already artistic and doodling all over everything, your sigils are just going to look like a continuation of your artwork. So that can be a great way to um, decorate notebooks. If you're always drawing on your hand anyway, you can turn that into sigil magic. Uh, if you're drawing all over your notebooks, uh, books that you have, like we said, um, putting sigils like into a pie crust. If you're already doing doodles and you're an artistic person, then nobody is going to think twice about you having another artistic doodle on the back of your hand. Oh, definitely. I, I a hundred percent agree. I wish I was better at making sigils. I'm just really not, I don't know what it is in my brain that like, I feel like I should be good at it, but I'm just like, it's not symmetrical enough for me. <laughs> um, so I like freak out. Um, but I do really like anyone who can make like beautiful sigils. I'm just like, teach me your ways, like <laughs> how to do this. Um, cause it's a really easy way to do magic. Like it's, it's accessible. You really just, I mean, technically you don't even need a pen. You can, you know, a pen and paper, you can just trace it out like onto the back of your hand with like moon water or whatever, or onto your windows or, which is something that I do to help ward my house. Um, and it's just, it's cool. Like I really like, um, I really like the sigils as, as an avenue of witchcraft. I think it's a really neat thing. And I cannot 
for the life of me remember it off the top of my head, but I'm going to find it and I'm going to link it in the show notes. Um, but there is a website where you can make a sigil and then hide it within a photo. Like there's different ways to like have like a decorative like photo and it's hidden within the pixels of that and make it your phone background. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Oh my God. I know. I'm going to find it. I'm going to link it. I cannot remember for the life of me what it's called. I mean, I'm going to find it. All of my Instagram posts now are just going to have sigils in them. Like I need people to know that one right off the bat. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, It's so nice because I mean, you could obviously just draw your sigil and make that the background of your phone and nobody's really knows that you could just say that it's one of your, you know, artistic drawings. Nobody has to know what it is, mm-hmm. but, um, you can also hide it within a different picture using this website. And you will know that your sigil is in there, especially, um, if you do want to use it on your phone, you can make that sort of, um, protection. If you're trying to mm-hmm. protect your phone and the items on it, but you can also use it for your own personal spell work. If you need, you know, confidence or happiness. So every time you turn on your phone, then that sigil is charged. Um, then you would know what that means, but nobody else would just looking at your phone. Yeah. I used to, um, I weirdly enough, this like, like I just had a memory that I forgot about, I guess. Um, but I used to like have on the inside of my phone case, like a, a sigil for like clear communication. So that way, anytime I was talking on the phone or like texting with somebody like my, you know, my text wouldn't be misconstrued or, you know, there would be like less like miscommunication between myself and like my parents or like my friends or my partners or whoever I was texting at the time so um it's it was like on the inside of my phone case so unless someone was like actively taking my phone out of the phone case which I don't know why anyone would do that um unless you were changing the case I guess um nobody knew about it and I forgot about it until I changed like I got a new phone I was like oh yeah I forgot that's that's pretty neat I that's a handy dandy little tip huh yeah Yeah, that's a good one (laughs) and you could also if you want to use sigils but don't want them left behind then drawing those in water can be a good way to use them as well especially if you use make um moon water Mm -hmm. and moon water can be easy to make even if you are in the broom closet because all you have to do is leave a glass of water on your windowsill yes and you know if you're parents or anyone asks you just were thirsty in the middle of the night <laughs> that's that's all you need to do and then you have water and you can make sigils if you want to draw a protection sigil on the back of your door or on your car and nobody will know that it's there but you made it in water so um, that is a good way to also practice your sigils without anybody knowing definitely definitely and if a good way to bridge the gap this might not be a tip for everybody. Um, but if you are coming from a religious background into witchcraft and you want to continue your religious background that you're moving into, you know, like a Christo pagan sort of realm, uh, they, you can use your prayer candle. So they have prayer candles for angels and saints. Um, again, at the dollar store, like Becca said, there's lots of ways to get your hands on them and you can use that in a witchy way rather than in a strictly religious way. Yes. Um, so that can be a good way to sort of bridge that gap, especially if your family is still religious and you want to keep sort of, you know, that part of your background, but move into witchcraft, then rather than using it as a prayer candle, you can start working with those angels and saints in a magical way within your witchcraft practice. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think that's a really good idea, especially like if you are um, like a Christian witch or or anything like that um, to start working with the saints or if you do work with angels, like if that is part of your practice, I think it's it's awesome that like that sort of a not equipment those those candles are um just like so accessible and um i i think i think they can even be like you know repurposed if you wanted to um you know use them for other other purposes like oh here's my re like red pillar candle to this angel um but also i'm working with them on self-love or you know whatever and anytime i light this candle it's also a prayer it's not just a prayer to them but it's also like for this self-love working for example that's just an example so i think that it, it, they can be used in multiple different situations which i think is great and like i like the flexibility of candle magic in general um so definitely i would say like getting creative with how you use the tools that you have um on hand or that you have um like that are accessible to you is, is a great way to um to customize your practice and you you can really keep things on like on the dl that way by being a little creative and and you know figuring some stuff out and remember that more and more things are moving towards the mainstream that used to just be considered pure witchcraft mm -hmm. um astrology hugely popular now <laughs> um which or not everybody you know knows their sun signs and reads their horoscope whether they say they believe it or not um but generally know like what their sun sign says about their personality so astrology is becoming more mainstream uh, meditation and yoga um is becoming way more mainstream uh the use of incense like incense is everywhere there that was another thing i saw today at five oh, below. It was like four six for a dollar <laughs> oh, love it so lots of um incense but a lot of these things are being sold at mainstream stores because they are not being associated with witchcraft directly mm -hmm. so just remember that things are slowly coming around um so if you need to if you want to buy any of those things or get a book on astrology um that might not be the worst thing in the world your you know family or friends might not automatically think oh she's a witch no, it's just something right. that's becoming, it's, it's more popular and just generally around more. Um, so it, that is opening up some doors. Yeah, I, I've seen like witchcraft books at like Target and stuff, which is like, or it's like astrology and like crystals, like kind of how you were saying, like you had, um, like you found stuff at like Five Below. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that definitely the accessibility has changed drastically in the last like even 10 years um, and like, the the internet and social media has just been such a beautiful like blessing i think to this like spiritual path because it's like allowing us to like connect and talk to each other and learn from each other and it's just amazing so yes i think that was everything on my list which was quite a few things because yeah. we've been at this for an hour <laughs> you know we always are like yeah, we're gonna yeah. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep it together and you know work off the outline and and have our thoughts all together and just you know burn through it and then no it never works out that way. Never. No, not <laughs> not me at least. I'm very long-winded and I <laughs> acknowledge that. I, I always have a lot to say. <laughs> this is not a first. <laughs> uh, but that was everything that I had on my list for being able to practice in secret and broom closet witchcraft. Um but 
there are just generally lots of ways that you can. So all is not lost if you don't want to, you know, do the big rituals and have the huge altars that are popular on Instagram right now. That's definitely not necessary. And if you prefer, if you need to keep it secret, that's fine. And if you prefer to keep it secret, that's fine too. You don't need to tell anybody what you're doing or why you're doing it. It can be completely private. Right. Exactly. And lots of ways to be able to do that. So if you have any other broom closet tips that you want to share or some ways that you practice in secret that you particularly love, then head over to the discord server you can sign up there for free. We are both there. Um, Becca is super active talking to everybody and sharing her ideas. <laughs> um, so lots of great people to talk to and chat with. Uh, I'm sure there will be lots of ideas running there today <laughs> about broom closet witchcraft. Cause I know that it's a popular topic over there. <laughs> So if you have anything you want to share, we will be over there chatting with you. But otherwise, that is all I have for you today. Becca, did you have anything you wanted to add? Nope, just that I really enjoyed it. And hopefully I can talk to you guys again soon. Yay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know we're going to have you back. <laughs> we just have too much to say. So we have to have Becca back. But that is all we have for you for this one. But stay tuned because she'll be back again. And I will be back next week. Bye. Bye. Need even more witchcraft? Subscribe to Patreon for exclusive bonus content three times a week and order Sabbath boxes and other supplies at witchwednesdays.com. Be sure to follow on Instagram at witchwednesdays podcast.